0: We started last Sunday. The Lord uh, just has been giving this revelation and download and impressing upon me. It's all about the glory. It's all about the glory. It's all about the glory. I said, yes, Lord, that sounds good. But what does that mean? He says, study it. It's all about the glory. It's all about the glory. So Sunday morning and Wednesday night and again this morning, we're going to honor the Lord as we study. It's all about the glory. It's all about the glory. Come on, let's say that together. It's all about the glory. Hallelujah. So this morning we want to go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 for I believe this is probably one of the most important chapters for the church today. For years uh, we've been hearing and declaring the word of prophecy that God's desire in the last days, what He said He's going to do, He's going to do, that ev- there would be an ever increasing manifestation of the glory of God upon the people of God here on earth. Now Ephesians five twenty seven says that God is going to be presented with a glorious church. So that means we've got to let the glory of God rise among us. We've got to let let the glory of God be saturate us. We've got to let the glory of God change us and transform us so that we can be that glorious church presented to Him in these last days, as He said. He said His glory is going to cover the earth as the waters covered the sea. God is not a liar. Somebody you may have talked to this week may be a liar. Somebody may have made you some promises that they don't have the ability, even though their heart wants to, but they don't have the ability to keep the promise. But I guarantee you this, what God says, He's going to do. What God promises will be fulfilled. Whether you want to participate in it or not, it will be done. He will be presented with a glorious church. Whether you want to drop the baggage and the junk and the disobedience and and the things that are holding you back and the distractions that are holding you back, whether you want to be a part of it or not, He is going to be presented a glorious church. And He is going to have His glory cover this earth as the waters cover the sea. It will happen. He has said so and it will. We go back to the Old Testament, and in the Old Testament we see that there's two huge worlds between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And everything in the Old Testament was there to undergird and give foundation and give depth of understanding with signs and and, and with uh, uh, pointing to and shadows all pointing to uh, the Messiah, pointing to what was coming in and through the Son, Jesus Christ. And the Old Testament was saying what it would require of us to attain glory and what it would require of us to walk in holiness. And the letter was so strong and the whole Old Testament teaching was so strong that it showed us over and over and over we couldn't do it. We couldn't do it. And it brought us to our knees to saying, God, unless you give us a Savior, unless you you give us a a Messiah, we have no hope. And he says, now you're at the right place. If you'll humble yourself, he said, now I'll come in and lift you up. And he brought provision for us. But in the Old Testament, Moses, we see, goes up on the mountain. Remember that story? And he meets with God, and as he meets with God, he has this great encounter And God tells him to hide himself until he passes by and then look at the goodness. He said, Behold the goodness of the Lord. And as Moses looked upon the goodness of the Lord, there he was dumbfounded by what he saw. He comes staggering off of the mountain uh, back down to where the people were. And and they were afraid because his head was glowing like one of those uh, uh, workers' lights. You know, those spotlights used out on the interstate. When they do work in the middle of the night, they're so bright, sometimes they don't get the angle just right, and they forget drivers are still driving. And I've been driving before, and the light's so bright, I'm like, I can't even see. I'm slow down to just crawling because I'm blinded by it. Well, Moses, can you imagine your leader coming off of the mountain and his head's glowing like that to where you're just blinding you? They threw a veil. They threw a blanket over his head, uh, the Bible says. So they were scared there. I I don't know, I'd like to scare some of you. I'd like to get up here sometime glowing so much that it just shakes you in your boots, you know. But, you know, let the Lord, I'm not going to hide my uh, light under a bushel. So if the Lord wants to do it, we'll do it. But don't throw no blanket over my head. I need the air, okay. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now, the Bible says that what they saw on Moses was fading, Specifically tells us it was fading. Now can you imagine how it was when he first saw the goodness of God? I don't know how long it took for him to get from the top of the mountain down to where the people were. But every step he was taking, he was losing some of the glow. Losing some of the glow. But it still was so bright when he got to the bottom of the mountain. Even though it had been fading, it scared the people. I can only imagine how bright it was when he first saw the goodness of the Lord. Now we step over into the New Covenant and the New Testament. And the Apostle Paul tells us here in 2 Corinthians, in chapter 3, he says that uh, what Moses experienced was absolutely amazing. And he says, now this, what Moses experienced, came from the letter, and the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And he says, what is available to every New Testament believer today is not only superior to what Moses experienced, and what Moses experienced was fading, what you and I experienced is superior, and and it doesn't fade, it is ever-increasing. You can't get a better deal than that. So, I've got this cornerstone of thought that we need to keep into our mind in 2 Corinthians 3 and 6. 6, For the letter kills. The letter kills. Now, remember, the letter that kills did all of this amazing manifest of the glory of God in and through Moses, but it was fading. And it was so glorious that it shook the people up around him, but let me tell you what, it was fading. That's what the letter accomplished. But the latter kills. It shows you you can't be righteous in your own actions. That you can't attain holiness by your own doing or non-doing of things. That you come to a place that when you've got 99.9% just right, you're going to mess up on the .01%. And without a Savior, without one coming and offering to you righteousness through a relationship of His person and work of that which He's attained for us, then we would not have it. And if we step over from the ladder into the Spirit and receive what Jesus has provided, the Holy Spirit, what He will do in us and through us, is more glorious and it's not fading, but it's ever increasing. Hallelujah. So the ladder kills, but the Spirit gives life. So we need to be a Spirit-filled people. We need to be a Spirit-led people. We need to be a Spirit-empowered people. The devil has for too long tried to get the church to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. The devil aren't you afraid of God, your only source of goodness, your only source of life, your only source of salvation, your only source of healing, your only source of deliverance. And the devil's trying to get you to shut the door to him by shutting the door to his spirit. The devil is a liar. Open your door to the spirit of God and says, I can't live by what the latter gives because it kills. I need what the spirit brings and that's life. So I need the spirit of God. Oh, God, help us to be a Spirit-filled church. Help us to be a Spirit-led church. Help us to be a Spirit-empowered church. Help us to be a Spirit-empowered people. And let the people of God say, Amen. Amen. Now looking at 2 Corinthians 3, 7, he says, But if the ministry of death, speaking of the letter, speaking of the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, says, If the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious... Now if it that brought death was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance which glory was passing away how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? I say church wake up. We are to live in a day and an age on a better covenant, built on better promises, better by better high priest. Jesus Christ himself built upon better blood, not the blood of goats and doves and, and animals, but the blood of the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son. How much more glorious should we be living than that even of the old, which would bring go- glory. Can you say Amen. 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 Now, if the letter accomplished that, now the Spirit is going to accomplish this and so much more. Now, now that's the deal. And and, and here's the the better part of the deal. It's for now. Not someday, but today. Say today. Today is the day of salvation. Come on, let's say it. Today is the day of salvation. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 3.17, he goes on to say, Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. This is the context. The glory of God, that the Spirit of God builds and brings to manifest in and through our lives, liberates us from the bondages, liberates us from the setbacks, liberates us from the weight of that which the world has brought, and takes us to a whole nother level. Hallelujah but we all with unveiled face. Now, earlier, we didn't read that verse, it says, For everyone who turns to Jesus, the veil is lifted. How do you get the unveiled face? you got to turn to Jesus. Have you turned to Jesus? Have you turned to Jesus? You need to ask yourself that question. Am I just a religious person? Am I just following some good trend? Or something that maybe my family set me in motion to do? Or, do I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Have I turned to Jesus? Oh, I've turned to the church. I've turned to the church folks. I've turned to my community of believers. But have I turned to Jesus? You've got to answer that question. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You've got to call on His name. For everyone who confesses that Jesus Christ is their personal Lord, meaning you've surrendered your life to live for Him, to honor Him, for your life to count for Him and not anything else, so you confess He is your Lord, and then you believe God has raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. You've got to turn to Jesus. You need to answer that question and you need not let another second, you need not let this preacher up here talking keep you from turning to Jesus. If you've not turned to Jesus, you need to turn to Him right now. You need to turn to Him right now and say, Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. Jesus, I turn to you. I'm calling on your name. Jesus, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, turn my life around. I surrender all to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you turn to Jesus, he said, the veil is lifted. So that you can begin to see what you need to see. What do you need to see? Hang in. Hang in with me and we'll see and we'll look. We'll look together. So we all now, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, what? The glory of the Lord. What are we to look at? We're to look at the glory of the Lord. We're not to look at our weakness, our shortcoming, our pain, our bondage, our setback, our sadness, our feeling of rejection, our despondency. We're not to look at that. We've got to take our eyes and we've got an ability now with an unveiled face. We can look at the glory of the Lord. Now, why would you do that? Why would you take the focus off of your career or your pain or who did you wrong or who mistreated you or who lied against you or who unfriended you or blocked you on Facebook. Why would you take your affection off of that and put it on the glory of the Lord? I'll show you why. Because when you look at the glory of the Lord, it's like looking in a mirror and a transformation begins. A metamorphosis begins uh, and God by His Spirit begins to transform you, transfigure you, begins to metamorphose you uh, into the image uh, from glory to glory uh, by the Spirit of the Lord. It's the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. We need to read that again just to make sure we get it. But we all with unveiled face "...beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord." Another way to say that is we are beholding the glory of God. We're beholding His healing virtue. We're beholding His power and His anointing that lifts burdens and destroys yokes off of our life. We're beholding the glory of the Lord uh, and we wake up and discover we're looking in a mirror and, 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 and as we're looking into that mirror, we're being transformed into that same image. Hallelujah. And it's like a mirror because we see what we become. See, that's why the devil wants you to focus on the negative. Because we see what we become. Or we become what we see. Come on now. See, the devil can't create anything. He's the biggest copycat. But if God says yes, he says no. If God says up, he says down. He's going to give you something, but it's going to be the opposite of what God gives you. God's giving you life. He's trying to give you death, okay? The enemy comes but to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. John 10 and 10, right? Why do you think the enemy loves it when we become introspective? Because we only produce what we see. That explains a lot right there. It's like a minister counseling. Let's say a minister's counseling with someone. And this person comes and says, Pastor... I, I've, I've tried everything. I've tried this and I've tried that and nothing seems to work. I, I've just got this emptiness on the inside of me, Pastor. And, and I've tried drugs and I've tried alcohol and it didn't fix it. And I've tried relationships and I've tried money and it didn't fix it. I've had position and I've had power. And Pastor, it didn't fix it. What am I to do? Now, I don't know if you, Pastor, or not, there is a moment to lead somebody To Jesus right there, for God to fill that God empty hole that's in their life. But imagine, I'd want to hit this pastor with my at least with my tongue, you know, if this pastor were to say, Well, brother, what you need to do is you just need to stop, take some time, and look inward. What? Look inward? Where do you think he found all that negative stuff? Come on now. So no wonder the devil wants us to look inward. Because we reproduce what we see. He wants you to look at your pain. He wants you to look at your limitation. He wants you to look at your missing this or missing that. He wants you to look that you didn't have a mom or you didn't have a daddy or you were abused. or He wants you to look that you were, you were uh, overlooked and, and every promotion always puts you in. He wants you to look at that because you reproduce what you see. But if you will set your affection upon the glory of the Lord, there's the Holy Ghost that will then transform you. And from glory to glory, you'll be transfigured into what God has provided for us in and through His Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Verse 18, but we all with unveiled face. He's lifted the veil because we've turned to Him. As soon as you turn to Christ, He removes the veil. Praise God. So with this unveiled face beholding as the mirror of the glory of the Lord and being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Here's an example. Picture this. Let's say you're on a train and you're traveling down the train track. Now I grew up, my grandfather on my father's side, uh, Jewel Preston Lambert, he was a brakeman at the railroad, CSX Railroad and uh, Coastland there and Seaboard. So we, as children, he would take me down there. I was, I was one of his favorites because I was always said, yes, sir. If he asked me to do something, I said, yes, sir. The other kids ran because he's always asking us to do something. But I liked spending time with him, so I would do whatever he needed done so i get to spend some time with him. So I got to know granddaddy probably a lot better than a lot of our, my cousins and all because I wasn't scared of work. And if it took doing a little work to get close to him, I just wanted to learn from him. And he was not only a farmer and all the Lambert farm we had and all this, but he also was a brakeman at the CSX uh, uh, Seaboard Railroad Station there. And he would take me down to the train tracks. And being a brakeman that kept everything going, he knew the engineer and so forth. So I got to sit up in the engineer's seat and I got to toot the whistle. Okay, I even got to push the levers that would make the train go. And one thing I learned about the, the trains is they don't just go anywhere. okay. They go where the track has already been laid out. You can't turn to the left or turn to the right. There are some train tracks that will give you a little detour uh, to get out of the way in case there's a car that's broken down. They can pull it in and get that car out of, off the tracks and keep going. Or if maybe a train, two trains need the same track to have a place they can pull over and the train can come by and then they can, they can back, back up and get back on the track. But those, tra- those tracks that are, pull you off on the side, they don't go anywhere. They go to a dead end. They just stop because there's a main track that's been laid out for the destination. And in, on that train, you don't turn to the left or the right. Just like when I would get up, I say, how do I steer this? How do I steer this? And you don't steer. You just release the power, and it goes to where the train track is already laid out for it. So there's no turning it to the left and turning it to the right. Okay? You have to go where the train track's been laid. That makes sense? And the engine powers you. So picture this now. When you and I got born again, okay, picture it, and we open ourselves up to be filled as born-again believers with the Spirit of God, we are born again with a track that Jesus Christ has already laid out for us. And we now have, if we'll receive the Holy Spirit in the fullness in His power, we have the power, the engine, to help us go that track and to go where it's been laid out. So you are positioned to go only in the direction of the track that Jesus Christ has laid out for you. And Paul is saying that track that Jesus laid out for you goes from glory to glory to glory. He said that's where it goes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So so the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? We go to Romans 3, we see we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we see it was God's original goal for us to, go, to live in glory. But sin caused us to fall short of the glory. But Jesus, the gift of the Father, He came, the only begotten Son, so that we could get off of that track that was going nowhere, back on the glory train, and we could go from glory to glory. Hallelujah. It's God's original plan for you and me to live this life on earth going from glory to glory. And it's a transition. It's a transfiguring. It's a metamorphosis. It's not overnight. Why? Because in the end time, in the last days, He's going to be presented with a glorious church. So the church is going to, from the day of Pentecost, the church was birthed, and the church by the power of the Holy Spirit given to us the engine to take us on the track that Jesus has laid out is then to take us from glory to glory to glory till we get to a place the church is glorious and the glory of the Lord is covering the earth as the waters cover the sea. Why? Because we with unveiled faces... Looking into the glory of God and thanking God for his glory and honoring him and ascribing glory unto him, and his glory is being reproduced in and through us and flowing through us. That's why we can't hide our light under a bushel. We've got to be truly spirit-led, spirit-empowered, and spirit-filled people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John 7:37. John gives us a little insight here. He says on that last day, that great day of the feast, boy, I could go off on that. Oh, that's such a beautiful. If you knew the whole kind con- we'll get there. That's coming. But not not today. But on that last day in that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried out saying, "If anyone thirst, he cries this out as a, they are Old Testament Walking around with a flute, Old Testament uh, sacrifices, Old Testament bulls, Old Testament uh, a silver pot of water, all that's taking place in that feast, Old Testament. Then he said, "That's the letter kills, but the letter, even the letter, had a certain level of glory." But when Jesus comes, He's taking it to another level. And here He is at that. He's got one foot in one world and one foot in the other. And they're saying, Oh, send us the river. Send us the Messiah. Send us the water of heaven. And Jesus stands up and He shouts, If anyone thirsts, let him come to Me and drink. Come to Me. Turn your affection on Me and drink. And he who believes in Me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And he spoke this concerning the Spirit. The Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, 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 listen. Oh, my goodness. Listen here. The imagery here. The imagery here. Come to me and drink, and out of your heart will flow rivers of water. Come on now. A drink becomes rivers. A drink... Becomes rivers. You come and taste and see that the Lord is good. You look at His goodness. You look at His healing. You look at His power. And you just taste it. And all of a sudden, by His Spirit, rivers are are flowing through you and me. Hallelujah. Whatever you taste of God, you become the representative of here on earth. That's why delivered people become the avenue of God to deliver people. And that's why healed people become the avenue of God to heal people. That's why prospered people become the avenue of God to prosper people. That's why saved people become the uh, the avenue of God to save people. Hallelujah. Whatever you've tasted, uh, you're able to give it away, but by the Holy Ghost empowering it, the taste becomes rivers. It's a multiplication of heaven demonstrated here on earth. And he says, freely have you received, freely give. Verse 39, but he spoke concerning the Spirit. We've got to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. We've got to embrace the Holy Spirit. This day and age if I'm afraid to be known as a charismatic or I'm afraid to be known as a Pentecostal, or I'm afraid to be known as a Spirit-filled church. That Let me tell you what. If you want to be on the track of going where God is taking you from glory to glory, that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. You better not deny Him. You better not quench Him. And you better not squelch Him. We need the Holy Ghost as much, if not more, today than they did on the day of Pentecost in order to go forward. Hallelujah. But now get this, verse 39. He spoke this concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in Him, Jesus, they believed in Jesus, would receive... They hadn't received the Holy Spirit yet. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, and God tells us exactly why. You see it? Because Jesus was not yet what? Jesus was not yet what? He was not yet glorified. They didn't get the engine because the track wasn't complete yet. And the engine is to take us on the track And the track is a path of the glorified Jesus and all that He's provided for us when He said it is finished. Now, I'm going to be transparent with you and I'm going to share something with you that uh, I shouldn't, maybe. But I'm going to do it. Maybe you'll still let me. There have been times in my life, and I'd love to say not recent, but there have been times in my life when I have questioned the method of God. As foolish. I should not. I've let it slip out. God, if you'd have done it this way, things would have been much better. <laughs> How foolish of me. And I used to study in the life of the disciples. I said, God, they could have used the Holy Ghost a whole lot earlier on in the ministry. It would have saved a lot of mess ups. I just couldn't figure out why Jesus wouldn't go ahead and give them the gift of the Holy Ghost, fill them. I mean, they had the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit around them, but to fill them, man, it would have maybe it would have prevented Peter from cutting off that soldier's ear. Maybe it prevented. I just, I just said, man, they needed the Holy Ghost. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, patience, and kindness, and goodness, and all those things. They needed that fruit in their life. But this verse tells us exactly why. They did not have the Holy Spirit during Jesus' walking on earth ministry. The Holy Spirit could not be given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So let's stop and think, why then is the Holy Spirit given to us? We know He convicts us of sin. He leads us into truth. He comforts us. He affirms us. He he gives us counsel. He empowers us to live in power and to walk in purity. We know all of this and, and so much more. I could go on and on and on. But we see the ultimate agenda of the Spirit of God is to make you and make me like Jesus. It's to make us like Jesus. So here's the deal. The Holy Spirit was not released to live inside of the people until Jesus had been raised from the dead, ascended to the right hand of the Father, and was glorified. That's what the Bible tells us right there. And the reason being is because the Holy Spirit's purpose is to make us like Jesus, and if the Holy Spirit had come in before that time, then the Holy Spirit would have made us like the Jesus who was on His way to the cross or like the Jesus who's hanging on the cross, or like the Jesus who for three days was in the tomb, and not like the Jesus who's at the right hand of the Father glorified. See, God's intentions for you and for me while here on earth are greater than our wildest imagination. And we're not talking about heaven. Heaven's even much better than that. But we're talking about what God intends for now, here, while we're still living on this earth. Glory to God. Praise God. So the Holy Spirit was given so that you and I could be transfigured, metamorphosed into the image of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! So the Holy Spirit is transforming you into the image of the one who is raised from the dead. That's why the sting of death has now been removed, that while to be absent from the body is to be immediately present with the Lord, uh, there is no fear, there is no worry. I'm telling you what, we are on the right track. He has ascended. You and I can ascend. Hallelujah. He is at the right hand of the Father. Where are we seated? With Him in heavenly places. Uh, Who is glorified? He is. What does He want to do? He wants to manifest His presence, His glory here on this earth and cover this earth as the waters cover the sea through a church that He calls a glorious church. He wants to do it through you and through me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise God. Now, John, who wrote John 7, adds more to it in 1 John 4 and 17. And he says it this way. Because He as He is, so are, say it, we. we. Look at somebody and say, He's talking about you. Come on, tell him He's talking about you. Because as He is, so are we in heaven. No. So are we on earth in this world now right he is resurrected he is ascended he is glorified as he is he's glorified as he is death hell and the grave he's got the keys he has the authority he's given you the authority over all the power of the enemy as he is so are we in this world hallelujah that's why the devil wants you to be introspective. Let me tell you what, that right there. Becoming infatuated with your gifts, becoming infatuated with favor. It shuts all of this down. Becoming infatuated with one, you know, with with, with you know your uh, giftings. Or looking at your limitations, looking at your pain. Looking at that, oh, I'm always, always overlooked. I'm always mistreated. Now, these may be true true statements. I'm always the underdog. I'm always unloved. And nobody, yeah, maybe that's true. But what you look at is what you become. So the enemy wants you to get you the eyes off of a glorified, resurrected, ascended on high, seated at the right hand of the Father, glorified Jesus. Because He doesn't want the power of the Holy Ghost to push you on that track from glory to glory and bring about a transfiguration in your life. Hallelujah. So what we have to do, we have to disciple ourselves. We have to discipline ourselves. Now discipline is no fun, I understand. But we're called disciples for a reason. So we have to discipline ourselves and become infatuated with the One who is wonderful. We need to keep our focus on the one who f- is filled with wonder, who is glorified and, and who is high and lifted up. Love, we ascribe glory and honor and praise and power and thanksgiving, only to him. Keep our eyes on Jesus. Because what we see, we become. We become the image of Him on earth. That's why He's called us Christians. He has called us the body of Christ. And the body, we are the church making up and carrying the head, Jesus, of the church to bring forth glory from heaven to this earth. Wow. Now John who wrote John 7 and wrote 1 John 4, he also writes to us in the book of Revelation. And he says, I was given a a, a trip. I was given a trip. Somebody's going to Israel. God bless you. You're leaving Saturday. God bless you. I forget exactly who else I talked to. Oh, yes, yes, it's Mighty. Maybe yes, yes, yes. Go to Israel. Glory to God. Faith, healing, power flow through her in Israel. Protection about her as she goes to Israel. Hallelujah. But John got a trip to heaven. Not Israel, but heaven. And when he got to heaven, he said, I saw Jesus. He stood there, his eyes were afire, his hair was like wool, his feet of burnished bronze. He was standing there as a lamb who had been slain. And as he looked upon the image of Jesus, resurrected and ascended and glorified there at the right hand of the Father, he writes to us, he says, He says to us, as he is, so we are in the world. Not hanging on a cross. Get Jesus off of the cross, he's not on the cross. He's not in the tomb. He is not dead. He is not broken. He is not beat down. He is not defeated. He is victorious. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. Get your eyes on a resurrected Jesus, an all-powerful Jesus, a healing Jesus, a Jesus that delivers of all bondage. Hallelujah. So you're on this track that's already been laid Healing, prosperity, deliverance, favor, righteousness, everything that you have need of. It's already been laid out by Jesus. That's why we're the righteousness of God in Christ. He's laid it out on the track. He went ahead of you. He went ahead of us so we could be raised. I speak to somebody right now who's in a low place. The power of God by His presence of His Spirit is wanting to come in. And I saw it in the first service. I saw it in my mind, the picture of a, a hydraulic jack. Coming alongside. There was all these men trying to lift the car to change the tire. There was men all around lifting and grunting and sweating and trying to lift it and hold it up that the tire could be changed so that they could go on their trip. But then someone stopped by and, and they just rolled real easily, just rolled out this hydraulic giant. And they just slid it up under the car, and the guys stood back, and they were panting, and they were sweating, and and, they, and this guy began to just with just like one finger began to pump the handle, and that hydraulic pump in there got that jack, and that tonnage was no not even didn't even give a thought to the tonnage, and that car just began to jack right up, and they were able to get the tire changed and move on to the next level. I'm telling you, your tire may be flat today, or you've got something that's been holding you down, and you've been trying, and you've been. Been working and you've been grunting and you've been trying and you've been, I'm telling you what you need is to move back and let the Holy Ghost do the heavy lifting. Let the power of the Holy Spirit come in like a hydra and just lift that burden. Burdens, I'm saying right now, let the burdens be lifted right now by the power of the Spirit of God. Uh, let the pr- oppression, uh, let the weight of oppression be lifted off of you in the name of Jesus. Let the, the lies of hell that has been weighing you down be lift you up in the name of Jesus. Let the 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 sickness and infirmity and disease that's been trying to hold you down, be lifted up by the power jack of heaven right now that you can begin to move forward in the victory and the peace that God has for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As I was meditating on this, the Lord said, Father God spoke to me and He said, My son Jesus is returning for a body that is in equal proportion to its head. It's not going to be a glorious head. He's the head. He's already glorified. But He's coming back for a glorious church that is in equal proportion to the head. A bride that is in equal proportion to the groom. The Lord is returning for a glorious church. A body that is glorious like the head. And what he says is that you and I are in the process of being transformed into his image day by day. Hallelujah. And when you see what God has purposed for you in your life, sin is no longer appealing. When you see how God wants to use you, you look at sin and it's like, yuck. You think I'm going to throw all of this away for this moment of What seems to be sweetness that's going to end up making me sick? Yuck! It's such a counterfeit. It's so disgusting. I pray today in the name of Jesus, you would get your focus on him in such a way and the purpose and the plan that he has for you that when the devil comes with temptation, you go, you sick. Devil, you sick. Get out of here. The rancid smell of that sin. You crazy? Be it far from me. And rather than sin, that we want the real, authentic version. The authentic yes and amen to be ours. Hallelujah. If you would go back to that picture of the the heaven and the water and the man standing there. Because here's what Jesus has purchased and made available. When you see the heavens, see how beautiful they are in this picture. Reflected on the earth. What's it reflecting off of? water. And God says, my glory shall cover the earth like the waters, like the waters, like the waters cover the earth, the waters cover the sea. He needs us to take a drink, taste and see how good he is so that the rivers can begin to flow through us. Salvation to others can flow through us. Healing for others can flow through us. It touches us. We are wet first. The the glory transforms us first. But then it flows through us. And In our workplace, we're bringing the rivers of living water. In the marketplace, when I stop and walk through Food Line, Farm Fresh or Harris Teeter or Kroger, and I'm walking down those aisles, I'm releasing the glory of the Lord. There's going to be a residue of just like if I put on a cologne and I walk somewhere and leave. And somebody, somebody was here. They've left the residue of something that smells good. I'm leaving a residue of the glory of the Lord because I know the rivers. I don't want to contain the rivers. The Dead Sea contains all of its water and it becomes dead because it has no outlet. A living river receives and gives. Freely you receive, freely you give. It's time for us to open up the dams and let the glory of the Lord flow through us and transform the lives of Around us and fill the, 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 the tide table. I just see the tide table. Somebody say, oh, global warming, water's uh, you know, water's rising, and some places it's rising, and some places is going down, and maybe it's global tilting and not global warming. Come on now. Some places it's colder than it's ever been, and, you know, some places it's hotter than it's ever been. Come on, maybe things are just tilting rather than melting. But nonetheless, there are places when the tide comes in, you have a tide mark. Well, I want us to take that tide mark to a whole nother level that it'll spill over the bank. And the water of God's glory will begin to touch areas that we've never allowed God to work through us to touch before, so that the glory of this water can cover the earth, so that the image of heaven can be replicated here on earth in and through our lives. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! hallelujah. That's God's plan. You say, Well, I don't like it. Tough. (laughs) Well, I'm not going to participate. Doesn't matter. When God says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And the thing is, we have the privilege and the honor, not that we have to, but that we get to. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together. Father, I pray. My hearts cry, Father. Is for an authentic and clear manifestation of you, Jesus, here on earth through us, your people, your goodness and your kindness and your mercy and your power and your forgiveness. Everything that you purchased on Calvary, Lord, God would flow in us and through us this day. Hallelujah. And if you would just put your hand on yourself right now. Put both hands on yourself and begin to pray this. Say, God, increase the work of grace. Come on, say, God, increase the work of grace. Increase, increase. Increase your work of grace in my life. I pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. If you're sitting near somebody, just take them by the hand right now and say, Father, increase your work of grace. In this one I touch now, let rivers flow in and through them by your Spirit. I thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. Father, we just stand in your presence here this morning. And we say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you have a plan for us. We knew, we knew there was purpose and destiny tied up inside of us, wrapped up in our DNA. We know for us to live and move and have our being is to be in you. And Lord, while we may not have understood all the ramifications and all the uh, extensions of it, we just knew it was good. But Lord God, as our eyes are unveiled and we're beginning to see clearer and clearer your picture of what you want to do in us, for us, and yet through us. Hallelujah. I want to be a part. Just tell him, I want to be a part. Lord, you're coming for a bride without spot or wrinkle, undefiled, unblemished, unblemished. So, Lord God, we release, we rebuke, we renounce, and we repent. We will not carry into this week any baggage, any thoughts, any relationships, any activities that would hinder your work in us sanctify us Lord we know sanctification is the work of setting apart and setting aside we need to be set apart from these things that's been holding us back I'm telling you if you're in a bad relationship I say to you by the spirit of God right now if it's a relationship not of God it's, a co- it's out of covenant, it's violating the covenant of God, you've gotten off track you've gotten off track and let me tell you what those, those tracks that you're on is going to lead you to destruction. It's going to lead you to great separation and sorrow ahead. And I believe the Lord would say just as those workmen would work on a car on that track, when it was fixed, that car was put back on the right track and was carried on went forward to its destiny. I would say if you've made a detour, you made a mistake, maybe you've even been derailed, I pray right now in the name of Jesus you would repent. And you would say, God I want my life to count for you. Lord, I want to be used for you to advance your kingdom. Lord, I want to be a part of the rivers of of life flowing through me and filling up the tide pool so that there can be the reflective of your glory from heaven on earth. Lord, use me for my purpose and destiny. Help me get back on the track. Let me discard. God, I discard. Help me to let go. Let me. There's a soul tie. Lord, I just help you. I ask you by the power of your spirit to help me right now renounce it. Cut it off. Cut it off. Pull away from it because it's not of you, God. Lord God, if I'm involved in business practices that aren't pleasing to you, Lord God, I ask you to forgive me right now. And Lord, as I get off that that track that's leading to destruction and get back on the track, the glory track, Lord God, I renounce, I I will not go back. I resent right now in the name of Jesus, I will do things by the book. Lord, I will do and operate in a way that will bring honor and glory to you. In Jesus' name. Lord God, if I've been using my tongue, Lord God, to, to release the negative, speak of the negative, keep the negative alive, always massage the negative, or maybe using my tongue to be negative against others and bring pain and heartache to them, or maybe about them, and it's never they never even know it's my tongue that's doing it. Lord, I pray you forgive me. Forgive me. God, cancel all of the curses that's been released by my tongue cancel all of the, of the death that's been released by my tongue. You've given death and life in the power of the tongue. Blessing and cursing in the power of the tongue. Lord, I pray you get me on the right track right now. Help me, Holy Ghost. That my tongue would bring life and my tongue would bring blessings. Hallelujah. Lord God, if I in any way have been withholding from you, withholding anything from you, Lord, and saying I'll do it by myself. I'll do it my way. Lord, I repent right now. Just tell him, God, I am so sorry. Lord, my way leads to destruction. My thoughts are not as high as your thoughts. And your thoughts are all good and lead towards glory. So, Lord God, I ask you to forgive me. Lord, I surrender my thoughts to you. Lord, I take every thought captive and I bring it into the obedience of you, Jesus Christ. That I will not allow the enemy to give me negative thoughts that I think on. When the enemy sends me negative thoughts, I will dispel them. I will resist them in Jesus' name. Lord, I want to stay on the right track. A track that's been laid out from glory to glory. Hallelujah. And I want to be filled with you, Holy Spirit. And I don't want to quench you or grieve you so that you can empower me down this track that Christ has laid out, that I can flow into your healing, I can flow into your blessing, I can flow into your anointing, I can flow into your manifest presence here on earth as it is in heaven. Today, God, just tell it right now, today, God, I give you all of me. I'm so sorry, God, for keeping part of me back, but no longer. I am yours. You are mine. And for me to live as Christ when I die it'll be great gain because I'm living my life for you in Jesus name I pray Amen Amen, praise the Lord praise the Lord, hallelujah